Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sunday, Monday, Corey days. Tuesday, Wednesday, Corey days. Corey day. What a day for YouTube. This content is out. Scoop along with me those Corey days. <laughs> hey everyone, welcome to Steel Wars. I am Steel Saunders and I do love Star Wars. And finally, we are joined by one Cornelius Van Dyke. How you doing, buddy? Good. Good time. How are you? This is the the lively banter that people tune in for, obviously. (laughs) Um, But I don't think we've actually, have we spoken like with audio, like even on the phone since The Mandalorian began? Three weeks ago, in fact. We did an episode all about the Mandalorian, which I was wondering if you remembered or not, because you did market this episode purely as a Mandalorian season three episode, even though we already talked about it three weeks ago. Have we? We have. Oh my stuff! You know, Why didn't you tell me? I just wanted to say it on the on the podcast. Ah, <laughs> oh, you. I just, I just love the the. It's been a while, and we're finally talking the Mando season three. I'm like, okay, I think we have. <laughs> That's not nice. I got notes. I, 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 re- I, I rewatched all these um, Star Wars explained <laughs> reviews to remind me of all the things that happened. See, that's I brought. I brought my own notes for today in preparation <laughs> for for different bits of news. That's Dude, true. You yeah, could just text you could, you could text me. Well, there was also a part of me that was wondering if he just wanted to do another, like another Mandalorian thing, just to kind of have like therapy for it. I thought maybe that's what it is. So I, I didn't want to presume that it was, uh, it was an error, but also I, uh, I thought there's a fifty-fifty chance of it. All right, well, we'll save it for the end because you're on a tight okay. schedule. But I've got. I, just let me go through my notes. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> I just need to get it. No, no, not now, but at the end. But um, I um, I I think I do still need to get it out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. What I, do you I, got, I'm Corey? Still... You said you had something good. Go on. I do. That better do, not so... be it. That 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 reveal better not have been it. <laughs> I think it's going to be good. So <clears throat> a couple of weeks ago, somebody tweeted at us that there was an Obi-Wan uh, trading card set coming out. And so, oh, wow. and so this comes out June 1st and I've been like checking daily to all the different, you know, trading card websites. If there's a checklist that's going to come out, cause they usually release gotcha. something prior. So to this morning, there is, a we should just point out because I, I feel like sometimes we don't like people might just be like new. 
but we were we were backgrounders in Kenobi. Just yeah, yeah. Because otherwise, yeah, so, do you know what I mean? If you just didn't know that thing, then you're just like, what? Like, who? That's true. These guys love know, their I, obscure I, trading card sets. <laughs> that's right. I've talked about it so much at this point that I, I almost don't even want to bring it up. But here's what we yeah, got. I know. So there's a hundred cards per set, and uh, the only thing that I've got is like the names of the cards. But you can kind of <laughs> decipher. You can decipher the scenes based on the names, right? So. Do, do the there scenes is, go in order? Does, do like the, is, they, is it like, yeah, they're in order. They are. Okay. So I went so like to the card like 97 is hello there or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So there's a couple cards that, I, that I'm theorizing is a potential we could see <laughs> steal on an official tops trading card. Uh, so the first one is just called Owen Lars. And that's, that's number 11 in the set. The next one is Reva confronts Owen Lars, which I feel like is... Oh. is closer to what it could be. But then the next one is the fifth brother, which is even more so uh, an option. And then there's Stan down. Yeah, no, that, I'm not in the background of any of him, I don't think. But it'll be well, there's a shot. It'll be interesting if, is it just frames from the show or is it mm-hmm. the photographer on set? I don't know. That's a good, that's a good question. I don't know. I Well, based on... Because I'm kind of going on based on what they did um, for their trading card set in, in the app. It was all photos from the show, but this seems to be different. And this doesn't seem to be the same uh, titles. So I'm not entirely sure. But there there are four possibilities already right there. It's, I'm thinking there's a shot of the fifth brother walking in. And you can just see... St- I, I think I sent you this frame, but you can see Steel just kind of casually walking yeah but walk. it, it'd be a close-up on him like they're not gonna i don't know him, you like, think i feel like it's Tops not gonna be like no it's, it's it's not gonna they're not gonna wears wally him maybe i don't know because they've got like they have separate cards of close-up shots for all of them and tops is known to have these like very obscure shots that you just don't really see in anything else I'm so that's like the only thing that yes i'm cory i don't know but I, yeah, I, there, was, I feel... there was a photographer on set taking like hundreds of photos like every take like um and what about for you do you have any um um yeah i guess mine's more i'm not sure on because there's if i go to the episode i was in um let's see there's uh there's like the imperial siege Awaiting the em- the Empire's arrival. That's one I think potentially. I don't know. There's so many. Like it would have to be such a specific shot because on the tops like app trading card one, I am in the shot for that. But I was hoping they would re- reuse that one. But I don't see the name for that one on this checklist. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, there's a hundred cards. So I-, I think what we're gonna do is what I'm about gonna, towards I'm the end? Is there is there one of um? Owen and Luke in Tatooine, like in Anchorhead? I don't think so. There's, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see one. Cause that would, that would be, <laughs> that, that would be, yeah, I don't see one. But I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to buy one of those boxes that has like a bunch of 
like a bunch of packs in them. And then we'll do an episode of me unboxing them and seeing if I can if I can pull a card with one of us on it because that's where we're at at this point. <laughs> I'm I'm still living off of that. Like everyone's moved on from Kenobi. And I'm like, nah, I, I I'll buy the trading card still and the and the little hot toys of them and no one cares but <laughs> i'm still there yeah I I, I, like i don't sort of like it's sort of like i don't think about it and then once like every week or so i'll go oh yeah that's pretty crazy yeah i i think i'm, I'm kind of yeah i'm, I'm kind of there too but every time I'll go on Twitter or something and somebody will post something about Kenobi, it just reminds me of it. I'm like, oh, that's cool. That was a good time. Because it's such a, yeah, it's such a weird thing. You know? Yeah. <laughs> what happened? I, I was like, how often's that, that you see someone posting about Kenobi? I feel like I see it pretty often. Yeah, I see it really? a lot. Must have a yeah. different feed to me. I don't know. It's always, it's always in the... Um, you know how your phones listen to everything you say. That might just be a an unfortunate <laughs> like <laughs> thing of me just mentioning it all the time. <laughs> um. All right. Well, should we should we talk about something a little sadder? Yeah. The lights were low. <laughs> The Our poor. boy. I don't. I don't recall if I ever told the story on air, if I just told you off air. But I remember seeing that guy at Disneyland last year. He was very, very far ahead of me. There was a giant crowd, but he had some like Disney people walking him around. And I kind of, I made like a sprint to try to get him to take a photo for you. I just wanted to send a picture of me and him. It's just, I don't ever like bothering celebrities if I see them on the street or whatever. But him. I was like, ah, gosh, yeah, that, that would have been, that would have been great. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that, that's no shock there for the galactic star cruiser. That's for sure. I, I will say people that actually, oh, not everyone, but most of the people that went on it were upset by it closing. Like they did. Um, it just must've been so good. But oh, well, specifically, if you didn't pay, you would absolutely love it for sure. Like, I think it would be a joy. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, yeah, I, no, no, people that pay that. I guess one person they get money to go out of their videos. Yeah, I mean, I'm but, not. Um, I'm like, I'm sure there are other people, other, other people were just like brutal. Like, yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, they definitely. Um, like there was a uh, a resentment of it existing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I agree with what everyone else said. Like you, you're pricing a lot of people out with um with what they were charging, and like I, I saw all the video footage of it, and like yeah, it looked to me it just kind of looked okay. I didn't think it was anything necessarily that spectacular like i i'm content with just going to galaxy's edge and like being by the falcon or you know well i think it's if you want to play star wars like like john i mean like yeah um like 
I love going around Galaxy's Edge and all that, but I'm mm. not there playing Star Wars. I'm there enjoying Star Wars. And I think if you wanted to play Star Wars, the, the, the things that go on on the ship are like the ultimate version of that. Like if you're playing an RPG or the card games, all that sort of stuff, like I, I think if you're into that, then this is just like that on like the biggest level possible. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather just like hang out in the hotel, watch the lightsaber fight and then just hang out. And then it's yeah. like way cheaper and that's more to what I want to do. But yeah. but people um seem to love going on those adventures adventures and missions and stuff. But um yeah. I feel like- what do we got here? Devesh says, I've been getting ads saying, why spend five thousand dollars pretending to be in Star Wars when you can spend thirty dollars <laughs> to see the real place in Tunisia? I'm not from Tunisia, so my mind sort of melted. Hmm. I feel like there have been things talked about that area hasn't been very safe. So I feel like <laughs> you're you're gambling a bit. Apparently it's a lot safer now. I don't know who I spoke to about about that recently, but um apparently it's not as bad. Because there was sort of like like Taliban y type uh, Yeah. See, my but, um, my concern, my biggest concern with the Galactic Star Cruiser, aside from the money, was always this. What if leading up to this seven million thousand dollar hotel, right? You just get sick. What if on day one you get sick? You just all of a sudden you wake up, you're not feeling good. <sighs> you're just sick. You had for two days on the Star Cruiser. Just imagine that. You that was, and you're paying a premium. I would just hate that. You, I just that, that those are, are the things you, I think. Of. You are my George Costanza. <laughs> Listen to you. What if you get sick and the sick and the germs and the space and the <laughs> these are the things I think about, man. <laughs> well, why do anything you. good then? That's tr- I, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's where I'm at now. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to go to Tunisia. Um, well, I always did want to go because I always wanted to Luke, visit Luke's house. Yeah. But then I got yeah. to. <laughs> I love that Cheated. we can use this for anything. <laughs> it's canon. Yeah, it's, it's the canon, canon house. Yeah. Um, Jackson says, uh, I had that exact fear going to London, Corey. Maybe you, guys can, maybe you guys can split a therapist. <laughs> Get through yeah. this negativity. That's what Aubrey's told me. You got Costanzaism. Um, hey, uh, what else you got, Corey? I mean... I feel like it's another very sad topic, but something that we should probably talk about is obviously Ray Stevenson passed away, who was uh, mm-hmm. Gar Saxon in the Clone Wars and Rebels, and also was going to play uh, the character Balon in uh, Balon. I don't know how it's pronounced in Ahsoka. Uh, so yeah, I mean, he's the I, bad it's, guy it's, with the lightsaber, yeah. 
with the lightsaber yeah very yeah. very sad because he, he it was strange because he was just in celebration and he looked very excited to be there and he talked a lot about his character so that was that was definitely a bummer to hear and i've heard nothing but mm. good things about him as a person so yeah that was that was very sad to hear um which it's weird because like it, i think it adds even more to the soka show of it's i don't know it's like it, as his final performance it's um there's like a, a deeper meaning to it now than there even was before so that's that's always strange it's even like when carrie passed before last jedi came out and then you just it's, it's a strange thing when when an actor passes away before their last like hmm. big big role so that was sad that was very sad to hear especially um, when he's like you know he's he seemed like he was just hitting his prime yeah yeah i mean he, he was also 58 which is not yeah, not old at all. And he, he he seemed to be, I mean, this seemed to be a very big role for him. Like he, the entire trailer for Ahsoka, he's doing the voiceover for it. And like, is very prevalent in it. And, and it obviously is going to be um, a big prominent role in that show. So, and it's weird. I mean, that was one of the characters that I was most looking forward to seeing because he, he has like a presence about him in that trailer that got me very excited. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what what his character um, does in the show. I think that's a very big mystery to everyone. But yeah, very sad. Uh, nothing but love to that cast and crew and his family and friends that have to go through that. It's very sad. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that is. Um, it's yeah, it's just super sad. Yeah, I do see Aubrey says, "Let's go to Tunisia with steel." It'll make for a sick vlog. I don't know if she means sick as in I would be sick there. I feel like that's what she means. Or I don't think that's means... what she means. I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not sure. I think I that that I think you're just really um showing that there is an issue with you, Corey. <laughs> that that's how you read that. Um and vlog does sound like vomit a little bit. So, <laughs> first off, Aubrey s- would never go to Tunisia. Let me just let me let let me just be one hundred percent clear on that. There's no world where that would ever happen. I would like legitimately if Aubrey was like, let's let let's go with steel. It would be I would be floored. Yeah, I know. I yeah, Aubrey and I just went on a. This happens to me all the time, and it's only when I'm on vacation. It makes me very upset. This is a th- I, this is upsetting to me because, like, I, I we went on this little vacation this weekend, and in, in the two days I was there, I, I was fine the whole week, and then I got a little bit sick. I was very unhappy, and uh, I was sick at celebration. That was that sucked too. Uh, I got briefly sick last year at Comic Con. I feel like your that body rejects thing. joy. That's what it's starting to feel like. Yeah. Uh, you know, I go to work, I feel fine. That's great. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We got Comic-Con coming up. We should talk about that a little bit. We've, we, we haven't done a Comic-Con vlog in years. So that'll be, that'll be, maybe my body will not reject that. It'll just be, oh, I was sick at, at Comic-Con with you. Do you remember that? In 2018, we had to go to the 7-Eleven to get medicine. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's in it's in our vlog walking to 7-eleven i'm like i need those meds steel <laughs> dude right before the yeah, photo wow. panel i um it's gonna be so weird going to comic-con i don't think i've been time... since i don't think like all, all of harry's life i don't think i've been i think the last time you went is when aubrey actually stalked you at comic-con no 2019 right yeah um like that's yeah 29 yeah yeah because 2020 there wasn't one obviously Hmm. i think last year was the first yeah last year was the first time they they um started up again oh okay um yeah i meant to be going so that's very exciting should we talk about? Do you know it's um it, it's Return of the Jedi's fortieth birthday today, Corey? I do know that. Yeah, you um, the the greatest picture that you've uh, found from that movie. The greatest picture? Yeah, I'm just wondering if you the most disturbing photo from Return of the Jedi, which I what's that? Co- never... What is that, Corey? Chewbacca with the meat. Ah, oh, yeah, the bloody meat. Oh, wow. Um, right there. I've got, um, I wanted to show you something. So I went to, um, I went to, um, Yuma, Arizona and right there. I'll see if I can get these up my screen. Uh, your computer upload file. I went to Yuma, Arizona, Corey. That's what I'm trying to say. And I visited where they, um, oh, no, it doesn't work like that, where they did Return of the Jedi. And, um, like, where they did the, um, uh, well, I cannot do this at the same time. I am useless. Where they filmed the Sarlacc pit scene, Corey. I went there, okay. And we um we got a jeep over. Do you want me to show you the jeep footage right there? Yeah, I do. Right there, I'll, I'll fix this up. You talk for a second. Tell us about what you like about Return of the Jedi. Well, actually, Aubrey comments Yub Nub versus Victory Celebration, and I, I, I'm I I don't know if it's blasphemous for Steel or not, but I, I'm Victory Celebration all the way. I. I I understand the love for the Yubna, but it's something about victory celebration that just hits different, which is funny enough. If you go on um, iTunes music, you will not find victory celebration. You cannot buy it. You can only buy Yubna. And I, I find that very funny considering that is no longer. Yeah, well, that, the, uh, that's what me and that, that's what me and Harry listen to. Yubna. Yeah. Well, like, has Harry on the return of the Jedi soundtrack. Has Harry watched Turn of the Jedi yet? Yeah, we went to um, the Academy Museum to watch it on May the 4th. Oh, nice. How, how, did he like it? Yeah, he loved it. And he sort of laughed. Like, it was really weird because I remember laughing. You know when Wicket, like, decapitates himself? Yeah. You know where they show all the Ewoks throwing rocks in Wicket, like... like Technically, mm-hmm. he should be dead. Yeah, it's like the, yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. like, my theory is Ewoks have got really thick necks. 
so it doesn't <laughs> kill him like it does the stormtroopers. Yeah. But I remember um, looking up at my mum and laughing at that, and Harry did the exact same thing. So it was... Oh, um, that is a... It was just like divine. Um, so I think this will work. So this is... Um, this is the, the drive to um, Tatooine with grass on the side. Um, now, this is where we started. Like, we were in this. Where, where's the Jeep? Oh, this is us on the little, like, waiting to get on our uh, Jeep. Check this out. Oh, that's cool. So how do you know the precise location on where it was at? Like, how does that? Excellent question. Because it's in Buttercup Valley, which is like a a known like sand dune valley, which is super popular for um, these buggies. They all try to drive up it. And when they were filming Return of the Jedi, it was hard for them to film and not get the buggies in the background. Like they had to sort of like, get out of here, buggies. And there's like, okay. when you go to the car park, which is like a mile away from where they filmed, there's like a whole buggy village, like all these RVs and stuff. It's it's quite bizarre, this this um this buggy scene. Did you just see a bunch like riding around next to you? Yeah, they were going up the hill. I should have um some video. Oh, so that's my cool. little. That's my little childhood Luke Skywalker in a little Sarlacc pit that we found. But um, I'd seen photos on the internet of um, people finding stuff near rocks. And yeah, I was gonna as say, it you, happened, so as it happened, there's only one corner of this giant football field size sand dune that has rocks. So we got out of the buggy there and um, came out trumps. Look at that. You're on Tatooine. Yeah. If you just, if you just listen That's to the podcast, it's sand dunes. Every Star Wars planet right there. There's me with my shovel right there. Do, do you guys, do you hear the sound when I play the video? Uh, no. Ah. When was That's this? For stuff. So you can't hear that sound? Mm-mm. Ah, okay. That's no good. Um... Maybe I'll just, I'll see how this goes. Can you hear it now? Mm-mm. There's this one video I just want to show you. This is me looking for parts. Wow, it's a lot of sand. Oh, there's me with Luke. Very happy boy. So many photos. Where is this bloody video? It's worth it, Corey. All right, I think you'll be able to hear it through my speaker. Okay. Yeah. Can you hear that? Mm-hmm. I think because I found a bit of photo. 
And um, the the uh, ending shot of me still in the air. In case anyone is wondering, that was about the same reaction, more or less, that that Steele portrayed on the set of Obi-Wan Kenobi. (laughs) Very Um, similar vibe. But yeah, it was so sick. Look at this little pic. How art is that? Lightsaber in the sand. So did did you find like multiple pieces or was it only one? No, I found um a bunch of foam. Um wait up. This is like a two by four from the set. I got a oh few my of these. God. And like tons of screws. Um, yeah and i found um and this was just in the sand as well oh yes i'm sure (laughs) (laughs) could you imagine (laughs) that would be nuts could you wow that is very um oh kyle katan asked did you find any more sabers buried in the sand yes but not really all right, Corey, should we go through my list? Yeah, I think we should. <laughs> I think we should. I've purposely. Oh, wait, I've got to go back. I've got to change the sound over back to me. I have a couple of, some of my, some of my friends are very upset whenever I bring, bring this up. Oh. I just uh, vamp for a second, Corey. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think we're going to our. Uh... Wow, it's just me now. It's strange. Our Mandalorian season three discussion. We already talked about it a couple weeks ago, but it is what it is. Um, check, take a look at the comments here. Let's see, Frog Eater says Ahsoka will be the successful Star Wars event for Disney Plus. That the Mandalorian season three should have been, but wasn't. Yeah. I think Ahsoka is going to be a, a, ma- a massive hit amongst uh, all us fans for sure. How can it not be? I think even if there's a world where like, even if there's a world, and I don't think there will be, even if there's a world where the show is just okay, I, I still feel like I'd be content just with seeing Ahsoka's story unravel somewhere else. It's kind of like, I've said this before, but I could watch Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan, just watch paint dry. I'd be like, that's cool. So same thing with Ahsoka, unless it's a you know a horrible story and, and there, that would be very unfortunate. But I don't think I don't think that'll happen, especially with I've been very impressed with uh, Dave's writing. So. I, I don't I don't think this time. I think I think maybe I was for the Bad Batch, <laughs> but the um I I am very much looking forward to seeing the the Filoni only only script. 
Very excited. Yeah. Hey, um, yeah, so I was watching those Star Wars Explained videos, like his reviews, mm-hmm. because just him talking about it, you know, reminds you of all the different bits. Yeah, you'll talk about stuff and you might not agree with what he thinks about it, but it's like, oh, yeah, I remember that bit. Okay. But, um, hey, I didn't know this. Um, where the land on Navarro that they were given, it was next to, or it was in Bullock, Bullock Canyon. Did you know that? Mm-mm. So Jeremy Bullock, Boba Fett. That's a cool little Easter egg. Oh, that's a nice, yeah. A lot better than some of the other Easter eggs, Corey. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Cutting Room 4 has got an insightful, insightful comment. I think a lot of the issues people have with season three have been present since the first season. I've made peace with many of the storytelling problems and just enjoyed season three for what it is. I'm trying to, I just, I'm of that. Like, I'm like, I've got to just treat this like it's just going to do patchy, random storytelling. I, I, I had this theory thinking about it this morning that if it was like me for a season, if it's eight eight episodes, have like three directors direct two episodes each in succession. And then have like another two directors do their one episode each, like episode three and seven. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like it, like it's mm-hmm. just the the jumping for like it seems like it's hard to get to their goals when they're trying to tell like when each director is trying to tell their episode story. Like it's just so clouded. Like the whole story, well, half the season more, should have been Gideon. I, I feel like it's more the writing, though. I feel like it's more the fact that, like, and it's fine that it's John Favreau's story. I mean, it's his character, and it's his, you know, what he wants to do with it. But he is primarily the only writer on the series, aside from Dave coming in occasionally to co-write something or to write an episode. I believe there was one other person that wrote the. Um, episode on Coruscant but primarily it is John so I I think maybe I don't know it's tough because like obviously when you're on set there's a lot of rewrites that happen and you have to you can change things as you go um if if John's not on set for that not not at the moment there's not not at the moment though yeah (laughs) no um but yeah I think uh I'm not sure what really the the problem of the season was. I, I don't know. Like I I, I know I, I don't know if you have this listed or not, but this is has been my number one issue with the show from the beginning, and really kind of hit the hit it on the head this uh, this season. But like I I absolutely hate what they've done with Moff Gideon's character. That's the one. That's like the one big thing that has. Uh, I think I talked about this last time, but th- that has irked me to bring such a phenomenal actor into a role that was just kind of ended the way it did was very, um, I don't know. Felt, it felt rushed and like not written very well. So I'll page down to my Moff Gideon notes. Okay. Um, like, uh, yeah, like I sort of hate the, the term wasted, mm. but it was wasted because the time was yeah. there but we're finding yeah, out about nanobots yeah. and um, 
it, the thing that frustrates me is his plan was foiled before we knew about it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, hey, are those those clones that you just blew up? They were my force wielding clones, and it's like, oh, well, no need to worry about them. Like, it's such a uh, you're getting some good text there, Corey. Is the new Star Wars? Yeah, I, 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 I apologize. I I do apologize. That that was my uh, my place where I make money. I apologize. <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. Only fans. They they text you. That's right. That's right. That, that might be coming soon. That's right. <laughs> okay. No, don't ever. Don't, no, no one ever get that thought in your mind. <laughs> um, but this other thing I was thinking about Gideon today, Corey. Yes. Tell me this. So the, the, the Gideon clones that didn't have the force. Mm-hmm saved Gideon, yeah? Because there was the Mandalorian, there was a bit of Beskar armor on the shuttle Tidarium. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Gideon, yeah. so Gideon had those clones yeah. in season two. Mm-hmm. Because he wouldn't have had any other time to come up with them. Right. That's odd. <laughs> It is very odd. I feel like he had a base on like Mandalore. He, he's he's like, I just invented the Dark Troopers and clones of my... Like, it's very productive. He got all that yeah. done. Yeah, well... Okay, well, that, that's my question about the season two finale was... Yeah, I think maybe he overestimated it, thought the Dark Troopers could do the job. He didn't call them. But then, obviously, they, they broke him out. But I, I, I love the analogy that you use. Not even an analogy, but the, just the fact of that everything that happened in season two was reversed <laughs> in season three. And mm-hmm. that is one of them, though. That, like, Gideon being It, it, it would have been interesting. Then, but, yeah. It, it would have been, um, like, a cool little thing if in the finale episode of season two, like, Gideon hit some button... And 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 bef- like he sort of got free hit sub button, and then yeah, they they like, hey, don't touch anything. And you never knew what it was, and yeah. that was like to alert those like clones to come for him. Yeah, but that'd be a sort of interesting little tie through. But they definitely should have shown the escape. Oh yeah, and yeah, like one of the like one of the dopest parts that Shadow Council, which I love. Yeah. Like, you should have been shadow counseling every episode. Oh, yeah. It would have, I think. Because that's what I mean. It's like, because these directors, they're telling their story that that episode, everything's so stop and start because they haven't got, if they're doing this Coruscant episode, they just haven't got time to go anywhere. Like, it's just, but if, if, if they had, well, like, hey, let's, you've got, you know, like 80 minutes to do that story then you can like we can have more concurrent stories where rather now it's like well this episode is on this and then in this episode you find out about this and you'll never forget any follow-up on that until next season maybe right but um yeah shadow council should have been shadowing like 
all up and down. And, you know, the whole thing about, you know, reverting from the season two finale is they put people in these circumstances and the payoff is so weak. Like yeah. Moff Gideon is just escaped. Like the um, the end of chapter the or episode seven of the season, um, Paz Vizsla is like gunned down with a melted weapon and the Mandalorian is captured. Yes. And it's like, everyone's on the run. Oh my God, how are they going to get out of this? Oh, Grogu just turned, he just walks around a corner. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like Paz Vizsla yeah. was just killed fighting off the, and he just walked around a corner. Like it's yeah. like, compare that to the season one, episode seven and, uh, and that's Kuehl getting killed. And it's like, like the stakes are through the roof. Um, yeah. It's, it, it's sort of like, you know, you killed Paz Vizsla, but Grogu could have, like, it sort of belittles the death. No, for sure. I mean, I think that's one thing that I noticed about the season two is or season, you know, season three, where when there are a lot of stakes removed, even like in season two, I felt that I was a little bit on the edge of my seat in that finale where like you, anything could have happened. I think season three played it very safe where like even Moff Gideon like dying at the end. My first reaction was eh, maybe. They'll just bring him back next season as a clone or whatever. He'll just, it'll be this ongoing gag. He'll be in the last two episodes. And, but no, I, I totally get what you mean. I think even, yeah, like you said, bring him back even IG 11. And I don't know. I, uh, first off, well, that's very just, strange. Very strange to do that. IG it's just useless. Like all it is, yeah. is like, like it's just saying, Hey, re remember just when you rewatch season one, that that like like magical moment where he sacrifices yeah. himself for everyone, that's like it's chill, bro. Like don't yeah. sweat it. Like and, and that's the problem. Like the way this show sidesteps big issues and downplays yeah. them, it, it for me it makes a rewatch. I don't know, like I'm just not into it. Yeah. Um but I, I think like one of the big problems with season three is the the main character can't progress because right. they they haven't got Pedro Pascal on set. So like his progression has just stopped where like without question, I don't think like, I, I don't know how you can fan like weave it, but if he's sitting on, like if he's chilled out, living the good life, like in um, whatever the, the blocks Canyon, take your helmet off bro and the fact yeah. that they couldn't just get him to sit on a like a metal stool like in a blue room one day and they could just like because yeah. they can just they can do that it's not hard like yeah i don't know i, I don't know what's going like, on but like do you know what i mean like the main character can't progress because his progression was taking off the helmet and, well, and that, like yeah. just through the real world constraints um, he he can't take it off because the actor's not there. I also thought that was just, like you said, it was going to be a natural progression for his character to go from sort of somebody who was reluctant to do all of this then has to do it to protect his family and then all of a sudden 
he can't take the helmet off anymore. And I think also for season four, um, I know Pedro Pascal just signed on to like three movies. So that already tells me that that's, that's done. Like we will never, I don't think we're ever going to have like Din Djarin progressing past the watch. I think it's always going to be him having the helmet on. And like, the only thing is like maybe the movie, but even then it's like, I don't, I don't, I feel like Pedro Pascal would be more interested in being involved in a Star Wars movie. And maybe that's what could get the helmet off. But I don't know. Yeah, I was hoping we would. Because uh, also, like, it limits, I think, Pedro Pascal's acting range, too. Because he's a phenomenal actor. And especially if you see Last of Us, he's incredible in that in that show. And uh, I, I do feel like it takes away from getting those crazy performances from him when you're just kind of in a very I don't know, low voice sort of monotone. Yeah. Billy says it may have been a mistake to hire the most popular actor in the world, but I, he wasn't before the Mandalorian. Like I, like John, yeah, like people not. knew him, but he wasn't like, yeah. um, like now he's just so he's so he's got he's got real meme ability, Corey. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't you think it's odd, right? That Pedro Pascal has probably spent ten times more time or more days in his life promoting the Mandalorian than working on the Mandalorian. Yeah, because he goes on these international tours. And I, I, I don't know how long does it, does it take a day to record all that stuff? You reckon two days? Probably, yeah. I, I would also wager that we've been on a Star Wars set longer than Pedro Pascal has, probably. <laughs> or <laughs> any other season. Oh, what a, what a what a flex! We should um, we should heckle him. <laughs> hey, mate! <laughs> I've been on a Star Wars set more than you. <laughs> Yeah, like I love um, love Pedro. I, I just I wish we had more of, of yeah. being able to. Devesh says like if he hadn't taken his helmet off in the last two seasons, yeah, exactly, exactly. Big, big deal. Yeah. However, if he hadn't taken his helmet off in the last two seasons, those two seasons would not have been as good because in the last two seasons, whenever he took his helmet off, it was red hot. Like it was like what a moment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if we'll we'll see we'll see what what season four brings. Um, I don't know. I, I yeah, <laughs> I, I do. Find, it's so interesting because there's like two sides of the the coin here. I, I, there's a lot of people who absolutely love the season, and then I think there's I, I haven't really seen any in the middle. I'll wear it. Um. But, like, I did love, like, all the Mandalorian stuff and, like, the battle scenes, like, when they retook Navarro. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, there's great moments in the season, but... Yeah, like, it's sort of, like, feel, like all the, like the action scenes and stuff, like, you've got it down, I feel like. Um, but uh, I, I, they, they got me more into the Mandalorians this season. And like like Din and Bo's conversation in episode seven, I think, um, like that was so good. 
But then yeah. in in the finale, in the conclusion, instead of having them have another moment, they just fall back into that Mandalorians have helmets and they're dope. Like with all the ceremony and the cultish, like, you know, like Axe Wolves was dope. Hey, you know, um, oh, Corey just gone. I don't know if you can still hear me. But um, Cosca Reeves, she just broke her ankle on the weekend. So um, maybe the uh, the uh, writer's strike might help her be able to uh, be in season four if she has time to heal. Or maybe she's in it a lot, but she's got a helmet on the whole time because she's actually on the side of the set. David McKay says, we can still hear you. Um, why wouldn't you be able to hear me? Or can you hear Corey? Because I couldn't even no, hear I, I can hear you. Sorry. Oh, okay. I don't know why he said we can still hear you. Why is he playing with my mind? Is everything okay, Corey? Do you have to go some yeah. for work? No. We're good. We, got some, we still got time. Um, what else? I'll go through my list. Let's see what else I've got here. Um Um, Grogu, Grogu's just in the way the whole season. Like it just seemed like he was like bothersome to like yeah. ride around until yeah. they needed him at the end, and it was dope. But like, like that droid. Mm. <laughs> I, I was, I was, yeah. I was happy to see it go, and that that I, I remember watching- that episode. Getting like starkly better. The moment that droid got cut up, it was like, oh yeah, Praetorian guards. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Praetorian guards were I, I even found that a little bit goofy where they're like chasing Grogu around and he's just like they're it's just I didn't mind it. I was into it. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I, I mean I, I thought it was cute. Like anything with Grogu like that's the thing at the end of the day. Like I I've you have always to you this. always have you you have to keep in mind that if that was not happening, they'd probably cut back to R5-D4, which was just, like, <laughs> traumatic. Yeah. So Grogu jumping around was pretty sick. Tell me this, Corey. R5-D4. Mm. I don't know, because you're from a different age, but you did you did live through Clone Wars R2, which was a pretty golden era for R2. Yeah. Did yeah, you absolutely. think... Did you think that R2-D2 was special because he was a hero? Or did you think every droid was like R2-D2 and and would just, like, risk it all? No, definitely not. I felt that's what was special about R2. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, right. So Mm -hmm. this, like, R5-D4 is R2-D2, except he acts a bit more scared before each mission. Like it's, it's like, do you know what I mean? It's like in Star Wars, the original movie, there was all these droids lined up at the Jawa Sandcrawler and they all just look like run of the mill, broken down old droids. But it turns out one, the blue one is this special droid. I have not seen a devotion like this in a droid before Luke Skywalker, right? You heard of him? Anyway, but as it turns out, the droid right next to him is exactly the same, is also like this like one in a million hero droid. 
it was mm-hmm. just it was just AI writing. <laughs> so. <laughs> I felt like most of that was AI writing this season. Honest to God, all of Moff Gideon's dialogue, I, I would have absolutely believed. Oh, Pelimoto. Come on. I oh, love Pelimoto. Yeah. Worst dialogue this side of a Banffer's walrus Tuscan. Oh. Um. <laughs> All right, but it, we, we've spoken about it before. Oh, also the other thing about R5-D4, this is a more nitpicky way just to hate on it, right? Mm-hmm. So apparently R2-D2's jetpacks, which I do not like, but have just come to accept. I like them more now because of Lego Star Wars on because it like helps Harry get across to levels. So now I'm like, oh, if you didn't have those jetpacks, we'd be, wouldn't be able to get past this stage. So anyway, but apparently the canon reason that he doesn't have them anymore is because they didn't have that good a life. Like they weren't made that well, or they broke down after 20 years or something. Right. Mm-hmm. But then you've got R5D4, this droid that like seemingly combusts every 10 minutes. Like he's always like, he's really broken down. He's always popping out. His jetpacks are like, they're in perfect order. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like it's, it's, but that's like a very nitpicky nerd thing. It's just a, just an extra layer on um, why I dislike it. But we can't talk about R5-D4, Corey, without pondering the eternal question, when did he serve in the rebellion? <laughs> when? Right? And if you're going to answer that, tell me this. Why did the X-Wing pilot contact him? Or why did yeah. he... Co- like, how did they both either know that either one... We're looking for a Mandalorian. It's just, when did he serve in the rebellion? Help me out. <laughs> yeah, I especially. And if it's after I... Star Wars, and if it's after Star Wars, also factor in how he got off Tatooine to join the rebellion, and then after the war said, oh, "I'm going back home. Send us back, back to the Tatooine." Yeah. <laughs> I, that was when they mentioned that in the right, show. Kyle Katarn was... is getting blocked from the tr- from the chat. The Jawas took the rockets from R two and put them in R five D four. That's it. You are. You need five minutes to simmer down, bro. Get back in your go. Fight the Dianoga in that big um that big pool again. Did you ever play Dark Forces or whatever? He was in it. Yeah, that character. Oh, yeah. Time. Good, good stuff. I've, I've uh, sorry, 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 Corey. Continue. Continue. Yeah. Um, what else? I think one thing that I have really been hoping in a Star Wars show, we, we did actually get it in Andor, which was very nice. It's like meaningful conversations between characters, things that'll, that are like emotionally driven or something that'll come back in the end. I feel like Mando was more like, uh, Mando was more like people kind of just, talking with each other but not really talking with each other it was like this weird like video gamey back and forth it just didn't feel very it they talk like um they talk like wrestling conversation yeah actually yeah that's that's like it's where i say something i've got a snappy line and i've got a line for that like the exception the big glowing exception um definitely i feel like um, the Coruscant episode, like that was like 
like good dialogue I felt like I loved the Coruscant episode I would have liked if it went all the way through so we could spend the season getting into Pershing and then seeing the very stupid thing happen to him at the end but um the um the din and bow conversation like that was like yeah. like like a conversation mm-hmm. even then um, i would like more out of that oh way more yeah um like the whole dark saber i didn't i didn't I, like it, i'm not that into it so i didn't mind when it got um destroyed yeah but um but the, I, I i just thought that way they um i thought the way they passed it on to bo-katan was pretty limp oh yeah like, like i i just sort of feel like it, it should have been brought up a little bit in that episode that it occurred in yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, well, that, also, that maybe, is... that, like, something like maybe, like, um, Din goes to give it to her and she's like, no, not like this. And they say, well, like, like the saber will let you know or something. And then there's that yeah. moment where she needs the saber and it's like, oh, yeah, cop this. I don't know. But I just felt like it was like, like, it was super like, like tricky riding, like this loophole tricky riding, but the explanation of it, like the reveal of it was like quite limp. Like, yeah. I feel like what I found the most strange about that was that at the end of season two, Bo is very much of the mindset of in order for me to get the dark saber, you know, she has to win it in, in combat. And obviously in rebels, she was given it without doing that. Um, but clearly she wanted to reinstate that tradition. So it was interesting to me that that did not ha- like that didn't happen still. I mean, mm. what happened in that scene is that bug creature thing that captured Din didn't like didn't win the Darksaber in a trial by combat. He just like captured him and the Darksaber fell out. So it's not like, I don't, like, that's not, it's not the same thing. So I was very shocked that that was, that was like, oh, that's what they're going with. I thought when that scene was playing out that he was about to challenge her and that that's what we were going to get. But then it was, just, I don't know. It's very strange. I see. I'm to the point now where every time something like that happens, I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> like, it's just, I, I kind of expect the, the writing to be all over the place now. Yeah, it was the thing where you were sort of waiting for her to challenge. But, and this is another thing was like, I think the way they write, they, they sort of, they don't give you time to enjoy things. No. Like enjoy Moff Gideon's plot or. Right, exactly. It was rushed. Or or like once, once heroes are aligned, just let us enjoy, because there's limited episodes just let us enjoy that they're aligned. Like the whole hinting someone's like, like the, like with the armorer and how like they named that episode, the spies. Like, it seems to me like, you know, I like cause brought up this thing about how 
it's a biblical thing about going in like it, the spies is it's like not the sort of spies that you think it's the, yeah. the people going back to their old land. They're the spies, but it's called that as sort of like a misdirection to make you think there's more than one spy. And yeah. at the end of the episode seven, it's sort of like everyone's, it doesn't make any sense in the story, but it seems like the armor is going to betray them like the way it's all getting set up. And it's like, if you're not going to do that, just let us enjoy that the armor is like at the end of the episode, it's like, Oh, it turns out the armor was good all along. That's good. But it's like, give me that time to enjoy like the team all together rather than at the end go, Oh, it turns out we shouldn't have been that suspicious. It's like you planting that suspicion. Like you're telling us to like, look at it that way. And I don't know. I sort of think it spoils the enjoyment of just like heroes together, like, yeah, you know, yeah. like in end game type gear. Right. Yeah. Um, I also, I'll say this too, like, I'm, and I'm not just saying this because like, I, I know there's that everyone's always like, Oh, well we don't need cameos, this and that. I did think it was strange that when all the Mandalorians came together, we didn't get some of the the characters from like rebels, some of the, the Mandalorians that were clearly a part of all of that world. So that, that felt a little bit strange too, to not nah, get all cares? the, I, I think it's, I, I think just if you watch the story as a whole from rebels to, to here, it was a little bit, a little bit strange. But. Yeah. I, I, Corey, this is not the show to claim it didn't have enough references. That is true. <laughs> Bro. That is true. Come on. But, th- but this was but this was the big one. This was like the Mandalorians. Like this was the one you'd want to use in a Mandalorian show specifically. But Yeah, I I thought all the Mandalorians coming together was um I thought that was pretty dope. I like the I like the 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 skinny Pete dude and his gang on that yacht. Oh yeah, that was great. I did like I did like that. Yeah. Um what else is on my list? Um, Pershing, I thought that that episode, like, edited, it should have been, like, over a few episodes. But, um, yeah. like, I, I really enjoyed it. And the thing at the end with Katie O'Brien turning up the the brain thing, just, like, all yeah. the doctors, just, like, and the, the fan defense of it is... It just shows how lax the New Republic is. And I'm like, does it? Or does it show how lax the writing is? But the thing that annoys me about it the most is that, like, the the positive view on it is it's like, it's because the New Republic is so lax. That implies that they're writing this subtext into it instead of just, like, oh, this is a big leap in logic. It's like, oh, they're playing like 4D chess, like 27 and a half moves ahead. It's like, you're killing me. (laughs) That's the one thing I hope in the Ahsoka series we get to see is like, obviously they're doing a New Republic storyline there as well. I want to see, I want to see good writing for the New Republic. I really do. I don't think we've seen it yet. So I hope Dave, Dave can give that to us. All right. Well, Corey's got to go in a sec. So I'll just run through my other ones really uh, quick. Um, Katie O'Brien, another story that's just ended. Like, yeah, very abruptly. Like, like we never saw her, what the repercussions of like Pershing. Like, she just, it, it's that. Yeah. Um, Mandalorians look after their kids like 
so badly. They just put them out into danger. If they get taken, they make sure they're well rested and they have a feed before they go save them. It's just, it's 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 horrible. And then they make them wear the yeah. masks. Um, Ahmed Best, like it, like it's sick, but it added nothing to the episode. It didn't ch- like it didn't give us another view of Grogu. It oh, I love just- that. <laughs> I loved it. Like, I loved that. Yeah, but like sequence. like if they follow up on it, then like great. But it's it's that thing of like we now have to like it 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 could have been put in any episode and we have to wait for the follow up to the next season. It's just sort of like That's oh. fair. Yeah, that's fair. Like like have yeah. it feed into the episode. Like have right, the flashback. Right. It's not just like the armor with doinkin, so someone's got to trip yeah. out. Um <laughs> All right, Zeb, really good. Tim Meadows, really good. Nanobots, terrible. Terrible, just like, we need a plot. A nanoplot. Don't bring him into Star Wars. Um, Paz <laughs> Wizla was dope, but a bad dad. Um, uh, Filoni's hat was terrible. References, terrible. Um, it makes no sense that someone would go to Mandalore, get a, uh, a bit of precious metal and then trade it to a Jawa. It makes no sense that R5D4 would be in contact with that X-Wing pilot. And it is my feeling as a whole that the Boba Fett series was approved green lit purely to get Grogu back to Din Djarin for season three. I think that's, that was what that was like they're in the thing and they're pitching it and they're like, we'll put him back. We can use this to put him back oh great yeah. great make it make it yeah 100 <laughs> yep all right i've 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 told i feel great i feel like it's out of my system it, it, yeah I, I feel thank you for doing this two times Corey. i appreciate absolutely. it absolutely we'll, we'll do it again in a few weeks <laughs> divest shot <laughs> Every cameo was tailor-made for film Twitter to cheer for a day and never talk about it again. Yep. Um, I, I hear Filoni's, um, not Filoni, Favreau loves, loves tweets and memes and stuff like that. Um, oh, did you hear? This is a Comic-Con thing real quick for me to mention. You know the, the grand sideshow tours we do where we go through the booths and it's so much fun and sideshows over yeah. there and it's great? Yes, yeah, Sideshow pulled out a Comic-Con this year, and I'm devastated. I'm legitimately devastated about it because that is one of my... I'm majorly checked right now. 100%. I'm upset. I, I've annoyed Aubrey to no end talking about it. I, I like. I love going through that booth. and doing, like. So last year, because you weren't there, Dom and I did it. It was Aubrey, Dom, and I that went through the booth, and we did a whole tour. It was so much fun. Now we can't do it. Now, I don't know. What's the point? So the, the, This is me and Corey... Walking into the sideshow booth, ready to podcast. When the lights begin to dim, hundred percent, hundred percent. Wow! Do you think you've got problems? Take a look. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's my favorite. <laughs> I need you to send me that clip, man. I need to start using that with people. It's it's beautiful. Uh, uh, it is very, very good. Um, all right, Corey. Uh, clearly, clearly, this episode's gone on for long enough. So, uh, give us the the plugs for all the things that you don't do because you're too busy. Yeah, <laughs> you can. Uh, hopefully, Aubrey and I will do more content on Convo Call. I know we're we're just 
I'm busy. Aubrey's busy. Uh, I know Ahsoka's coming out soon, so there's going to be stuff, stuff to talk about. Uh, and then uh, Comic-Con, we'll all do stuff together, I'm sure. Uh, I don't know if you found a place to stay yet. We should talk about that, though, after this. We'll talk about all the fun stuff. So uh, Comic-Con will be fun. I'm sure we'll have content from that. Uh, yeah, that'll be it. Um, here's Filoni's hat. I thought you might want to see that. Um, and oh, if you're on um, YouTube.com or podcasting.com, um, me and Hall's just put up a uh, a new Star Wars year by podcast. Late 1985, Corey. Good times. And um, I've got to introduce you to someone. This is our <gasps> new cat, Max. Oh, oh hi. Oh, my goodness. She is adorable. Oh. When did you get her? It's a he. Oh, it's a he. It's, it's a he. It's yeah. I'll be Max. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, a month ago. So he's a good dude wow. and he was pre-named cause he's a rescue. And yeah. um, so his name was already Max and he's a couple years old. So we, we thought, Oh, you've got to keep, you can't go change a bro's name. But no, um, so no. his, his little middle name is Rebo. So there you go. <laughs> That's awesome. Max, Max Rebo Saunders. Oh, I'm so glad he's, he's yeah, the mascot he now. Yeah. He's a new mascot. Happy. Yeah, we still miss Jerry a lot, but of he makes us happy. Uh, all right, let's check. There's a couple comments before we go. Um, oh, Sean Hoffman, got it. I assume his last name is Rebo. No, middle name, go. buddy. Middle name. Um, oh, my God, and he's knocking. Look at this. Can you see the screens moving? Yeah. It's the cat. <laughs> he's just gone behind my laptop. Oh, no. Um, oh, Dev is like... Uh, Devesha steals in collabs with HBO Max now, which is called Max. And it's funny because Jackie is the email that the HBO Max subscription's on, which is now called Max. Mm-hmm. And she giggles now. She says every time she gets an email from Max, she's like, the cat's emailing me about TV. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. Oh, you you watching Succession? I am. Yeah. What are your Succession finale? finale. Oh, I, I, I got none, except that it's going to be gnarly and my spine will hurt. I think, and I, this would be the most beautiful ending to the show. I want Greg to be the CEO. I want a twist. I want it to be Greg. I want it to be totally out of left field. <laughs> like It makes sense. It would be so stupid. That's what I want. That's my dream finale. You mean how you're going to end up running Lucasfilm? Exactly, exactly. See, if he can do it, I can do it. <laughs> Aubrey quite often compares my speech patterns to, to Greg the Egg, so I feel yeah, yeah. I feel like yeah. maybe we're similar. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you're 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 gonna far kinda you are like you are far less corruptible. Greg has been corrupted. That's true. We yeah, um yeah. we've been watching season one and oh my god, he's become a a, a very horrible person in comparison, yeah. <laughs> but um, we will uh, we will talk soon, Corey. Um, we're not going to do a third one of this, but uh, may that force be with you. Sunday, Monday, Corey days. Tuesday, Wednesday, Corey days.
Corey Day. What a day for YouTube. This content is out. Scoop along with me those Corey Days. So, Mandalorian. Honestly. Honestly, Corey. Not telling me that we'd already done this Mando episode (laughs) is one of the most Corey things. I'm just like, oh, I just didn't think to tell you. I just thought I'd tell you on the podcast. And, mate, it's peak Corey. Bewildering <laughs> logic. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.